What's up? <laughs> it's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? Yo, I really want to talk about psychocybernetics, but I'm telling you right now, I think this podcast is going to be about two hours minimum because the Scorpio energy is hitting me early. And when I tell you that I could see right through people right now, whoo, like I could see right through people. Like people are transparent, clearer than glass transparent. And it is fucking with me like these are people i like people i know you know what i'm saying like friends like genuinely people i have no problem with and i'm just looking at the shit they're doing and i'm like bruh i see right fucking through you it doesn't affect me it don't bother me but you cringing me the fuck out i'm gonna give you some examples actually because this shit is really fucking bothering me so like i said we're gonna talk about psycho cybernetics but you know how my shit is right I'll start talking about something completely fucking random. And then the next minute, that shit ties together so well that you're like, oh, I see what she did there. So, okay, before we do that, let's just quickly address last time. Last time, the podcast was very, very emotional. We got very raw, very real. Your responses, your messages of support and that happened to me too and I never thought I could talk about it until you talked about it and oh my god thank you so much somehow I feel like I talked about my stuff when you talked about your stuff yo all of that everything the thousands of messages that I've received thank you like for real for real thank you because I don't think there's a playbook for this shit this 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 movement, this amount of freedom, this amount of candor, we've never been here before socially. So there is no like rule book. There is no guidebook for how to do this right. So like I said what I said because that's what it is. I didn't know like after the fact, like is how's this going to play? You know, like how is, are, what if this just triggers women instead of helping them? There's no way to really know. Right. And I'm not like educated in the field of like this sort of sexual. Like, I, I don't have a degree in that is what I'm trying to say. Right. So I really didn't know uh, in sexual behavior, et cetera. Right. Um, I didn't know how it would go over. I didn't know if my own fear would kind of eat me alive. A lot of you reached out to me and said, I did something similar where I was really honest about my experience and then I took it down or I deleted it uh, because the heat, because the embarrassment, because the, you know, the, the kind of brand that gets put on one, I suppose, by the ignorant um, when something like that happens or when you identify as someone who that has happened to. So, all of it, you know, from, from A to Z, all of it was amazing because you guys are amazing. And that's just a fact. Like what we're doing here, a lot of people like to say like, oh, you know, it's a podcast. People like you talk and people listen. Honestly, I really don't think that's what's going on here. And I don't think that's what's going on with the channel either. I think that because time is an illusion, right? Linear time does not exist. All time is happening right now. And I've alluded to this in the videos sometimes, and some of you have caught it, where I'll be like, oh, that really made you guys mad, right? And I think most of you are like, what does she mean? Like, we're watching it way after she taped it or whatever. How is she interacting with our energy as if we were right there with her? Because time is an illusion. Because all time is happening right now. Because I am connecting with your energy, we are interacting. And that's why it is at those moments where y'all will catch an attitude about something that I'm saying because you're there with me, right? So even with the podcast, I never feel like I'm just like talking into a phone, even though shout out Anchor for this amazing app for me to be able to do this like this. Because I, 
I don't know if I would have ever gotten around to starting a podcast if it wasn't this simple. And no, this is not an ad. And no, they did not ask me to do this because like, you know, I only shout things out if I like them. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that Anchor is a great app for that reason because it got me motivated to do it. You know what I'm saying? But I never feel like I'm just talking into a phone. Honestly, I feel like we're hanging out and like I'm probably the loudest voice in the room, which is, you know, (laughs) which is what it is. We could talk to all my teachers from kindergarten up. Um, You know, there's that part in Ozark where... Ruth says to Marty, she says, um, I bet you were the smartest kid in the class. I bet you were the teacher's pet, weren't you? I bet the teachers loved you. And he said, uh, no, I spent most of fifth grade in the hallway um, for correcting the teacher's spelling. <laughs> that was me in college. One second, I'm going to take a drink. <clears throat> Shall we all hydrate together? Take a second to hydrate, y'all. <clears throat> Pause it if you need to and go get yourself some water. Light that spliff if you got it. You know what I'm saying? Get comfortable. Get comfortable. If you're like, bitch, I got comfortable before I started. Okay, well, if you lagging behind, pause it and get comfortable. We'll wait. So, like I was saying, I've been known to correct teachers in the past and it got me uh, basically like, not welcome at any of my 101 classes in college. (laughs) None of the teachers wanted to deal with me. They were like, you can come back for the final. Just shut up and stay away. Don't correct me. And I'd be saying shit like in philosophy, I'd be saying shit like, why are you teaching them something that you're going to have to, they're going to have to unlearn in three months when they go to the next step of this course. And like, I'll never forget the way the teacher looked at me. She was just like, can I speak to you outside? I was like, <laughs> sure, lady, <laughs> Like, you want to go? <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually true. I've had pretty contentious relationships with teachers, too. Like most teachers that were like that are hyper smart have always loved me. But like, you know, the teacher that's just doing it to do it. Like it's a job and not like a passion. Those teachers have never fucking liked me. They've always hated me. And like I have actually like gotten into like altercations with teachers M- right madhood like um in high school i went to this like uber posh high school i got in on a scholarship um and it was like fantastic right like the chavaron's daughter went there like crazy shit crazy crazy levels um they had a chemistry teacher who like this this woman just did not like me and i think i get why she didn't like me because No, she wasn't a chemistry teacher. My bad, she was a biology teacher. Because I just, certain subjects, like, they're just like a fish in water for me. Like, Like, I picked it up. I picked up the biology that she was teaching us. I picked up, like, the dissection and stuff. And, like, my mind was just like, yeah, this is the easiest thing in the world. Like, I just knew it. Um, So we clashed a lot because I didn't really feel like she was teaching me anything. And, yeah, I guess I was being really egotistical teenager. Um... This is an anecdotal story before we begin, okay? Just deal with it. If you're new to the podcast, then you don't get how this works. But even this anecdotal story will tie back in later and make sense. I'm going to stop explaining myself like that soon. Because y'all should be knowing that already. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm lecturing you like a mom. I am a mom and I'm around my son a lot right now. And he's turning into a teenager. And I'm starting to get that tone. Um, Because I don't ever want to yell at him or anything, right? 
Um, but I do get like this tone of like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what it is right now. Um, like he was playing Fortnite and I was like trying to talk to somebody important on the phone, right? Like work stuff. And this is last night. And he's like, mommy, turn around, look down. I was like, you can, you can X out of that game. Cause I know you can't pause in Fortnite. I know you can't, you know what I mean? Like, but we're going to have a talk about that. And he was like, no, no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I was like, yo, <laughs> the tone, like, let's keep it a hundred for the rest of time. That tone will never get used with me. He was like, okay, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Anyway, so this teacher, uh, I think it was that we were doing something and she was making a really big deal out of it. And I finished really early, handed her the paper and like basically like threw it on her desk and went to walk out. And she was like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to the bathroom. Like, what's up? Uh, no, you can't leave. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yo, fuck you, bitch. Um, so I walked out and uh, <clears throat> she, was, she was German. I think she'd been in the US for like four or five years. Um, and she followed me out of the classroom. Uh, talking mad shit. I don't know what she was saying. I wasn't listening. I honestly was just trying to go to the bathroom. Like I really wasn't trying to cause a problem. I think she was just mad that she gave us something really, really, really hard to do. And like 10 minutes after she handed us the papers, I like threw the paper on her desk and walked out. And I think it just got to her, you know, like her ego. Gemini's be doing that shit. You got to realize this about us. If you have a huge fucking ego, don't hang out with Gemini's because we don't like that shit. If we see that shit, we're going to do stuff on purpose to like crack you because nah, you're not going to act like that around me. We all the same, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, calm down. That's always my thing when I'm around people like that. Like, really calm the fuck down before I have to gather you. Because I'm going to do some shit that's not even directed at you. I'm going to just be me and your ego is going to hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gemini's will keep our egos in check. We'll keep ourselves in check to not, like, outshine people but because we can easily do it. But then when we see somebody who has, like, a huge fucking ego for no reason, we're like, man, let me let me turn up the shine on this a little bit just to fucking show you. Like, d- remain in your place. You know what I'm saying? And she was, like, being all, like, when we walked into the class, she was all... Oh, this is going to be very hard, girls. You know, you you girls were not listening yesterday and you were acting up a lot, which I was also a part of. Um, see, that was the thing that the teachers really didn't like about me is that I would get really good grades, but I was very disruptive in class. <laughs> so it was like they couldn't get rid of me because I was mass smart, but I would not listen. Like it was just contrary all the time. My first husband used to call it... Um, he said that when he was a little kid, he had to take care of like a goat pen, little baby goats. And um, he said he'd never met a human being that reminded him as much of a baby goat. Uh, shout out Capricorns who are like, ew. Um, first of all, if you have never been around a baby goat, you have not lived yet because they are the cutest things ever. I actually got to hold a baby goat on my birthday that had been born the same day as me. Like uh, not the same day, obviously like 41 years ago, but like on the day on May 27th. Um, <clears throat> it was awesome. Drank something. So he used to say that, yeah, the thing about the baby goats that always got him, we're talking about a Scorpio Sag cusp, November 22nd, um, was that they would do things just to do them. 
Like they were just ornery just to be ornery, just like doing things wrong, just and knowing they were wrong and doing them and be and like having like getting a kick out of doing something that they knew they weren't supposed to do. And it had always flabbergasted him. And of course, Scorpio Sag mix, of course it flabbergasted him. Like why? What's the logic? What is the motivational logic behind this that made you want to do this thing? He's like, I spent my childhood trying to figure out why those fucking goats wanted to do that shit. And by the time he was in his like, you know, like uh, early teen, like tweens, um, 12, 13, he had realized that they really sincerely liked doing things wrong. Things that they knew they were supposed to do. Oh my god. <laughs> and I remember the first time he explained it to me, I was like, I had exactly that reaction. He was like, see, I know you. <laughs> like, oh my god, you really do know me. <laughs> That's so me. Um, so anyway, but I also had a legitimate fucking reason. I had to go to the fucking bathroom and no, I didn't like her fucking attitude when we walked in and I knew that shit that she was trying to make it seem like, Oh, this is going to be very hard. I knew that shit was mad easy. And I even knew what the fuck it was going to be on. Not because I'm psychic because it was obvious off the type of shit she was doing yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Because of what she was doing yesterday. So like when we weren't listening, when we were like talking our own stuff, when we were kind of causing a little bit of a commotion, fine, whatever, um, she started talking about something new, like to kind of sabotage us. And that's what she gave us the quiz on. So I was like, I listen to many conversations at once. If I'm sitting somewhere and I'm talking to you, I'm completely engrossed in the conversation, but I can hear everything that's going on around me. I'm listening to everybody. I'm listening to everything. So I knew what the fuck she was saying up there. And I also knew that she was going to try to trick us. Like that, that's why you see why me and this woman didn't get along. Right. Like if you that passionate about being shady and trying to set people up and trying to teach people, quote unquote, a lesson and trying to discipline them. then why don't you get serious about why don't you be that passionate about your fucking job or go get a job doing something else where your job is just to discipline people? Because teaching is not about fucking disciplining people. Teaching is about getting people to use their own fucking brain. Right. So I just me and this woman did not click. Right. So I think it was like it had been brewing for years at this point. Right. So whatever. So I walk out. This is a school that's like built in three marble mansions, right? Super, super fucking fancy. So these mansions are connected to each other. And the like, it's like the, the classrooms used to be ballrooms, um, you know, dressing rooms and uh, like in ornate dining rooms with like crown moldings and these tapestries and all this like woodwork. It's just like crazy, crazy, right? So... I walk out of like this ballroom slash science, you know, biology classroom. Um, and this woman follows me out. And I'm like, bet. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you legit, like raised, like, n- okay, bet. Yeah, you're going to follow me out? Bet. Okay. So I kept walking. She grabs my arm. I don't know why people do this. I have never touch somebody like in an aggressive way in a loving way i'm sure i've touched people without their permission like oh you're so cute or i love you or taking someone's arm or you know but i have never aggressively or in anger ever touched another person like that like i think like uh, this is excluding like me and my brothers fighting when we were kids right um and my little brother just getting on my fucking nerves all the time and us fighting when we were kids. Like that, that kind of shit. But like, you know, other people outside of my family, 
I don't think I've done that without being provoked. And every time it's because somebody grabs my wrist. I don't know why people always go for the same thing. I think it's because my wrists are really, really, really skinny. Like I have very small wrists compared to my hands and like, you know, me as a person compared to me. And I think they just instinctively go for the smallest uh, piece that they can find where they can like, you know, uh, overpower me. Uh, So she grabbed my wrist and I turned around, you know, she turned me around actually. And she was like, what do you think you're doing? And I was like, yo, I'm going to fuck you up in here. Like, if you don't take your hand off my wrist, I'm going to hit you and I'm not going to stop. And she let go of me real fucking fast. But it was the look in her eye. She realized finally in that moment that even though I was a 16-year-old child and she was a grown fucking woman, that I was going to fucking gather her and hand her her fucking ass. She knew it. And that realization in her adult eyes... I'll never fucking forget it because I always knew that there was a reason why I didn't respect a lot of teachers. I always knew there was something, but I could never articulate what it was. And I saw it in her eyes. She was a fucking fraud. She was a fucking fake. She didn't love fucking biology. She loved working at that posh school. That's what she loved. She didn't love being around kids and watching their minds expand by teaching them all these cool things about how we work and how, you know, the natural world works. She didn't give a fuck about all that. She liked being in a position of power over a bunch of like chicks who couldn't say no to her. And as soon as I took that from her, she was like decimated. There was nothing left. The rest of the time I was at that school, I don't think she even looked me in my eye. Like once. Not once. Um, another time at the same school, a legend that everyone was afraid of, nobody would ever say anything to, um, she came down into like our private area where we hang out, the students hang out, the teachers don't come down there. They're not really allowed down there, to be honest. Um, it's our private space. You know what I'm saying? She came down there again. Wait a minute. Wait for it. Grab me by my wrist. You see what I'm saying? Grab me by my wrist, way taller than me, mean as fuck, like a legend, smart as fuck, a great teacher, actually, a great teacher, uh, one of my favorites, actually, <clears throat> but she had that fucking ego problem, she had that same fucking ego problem, like, I am the fucking queen, y'all are gonna listen to me, you're gonna do whatever the fuck I say, no matter what it is, you're gonna follow orders, I'm just like, yo, after being around mili- uh, being raised around military people and like being like basically like a military brat, yo, fuck you. Rules, all this shit, fuck you. Fall in line, what line? Fuck the line. You know what I mean? Like that's just what you end up breeding cuz you know, like you you may, if you're made to follow too many rules, at some point you just buck the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like fuck it all. Nah, I'm not doing anything. How about that? How about that instead? I'm not going to follow a fucking single fucking rule. How about that? But not for like two days like Charlotte because she's a bitch. Sorry, that's an Ozark reference. Yo, when Cade, aside, aside, an aside within an aside within an aside. And it's all still going to fucking relate. So how about that? Um, When Cade pulled Charlotte by her hair at the trailer park where, where their trailers are, um and was dragging her across the ground do you yo i wish i would have recorded what the fuck came out of me when that happened because i was sitting 
yelling at a computer screen going, you wanted to be emancipated, bitch, right? You wanted to be emancipated. This is fucking emancipation. Why are you screaming? Why are you crying? Why are you trying to run home and sleep in your own bed, bitch? You wanted to go, right? You want you said you didn't care if they fucking dissolved in a vat of acid, right? These two people who just fucking trying to keep you alive. So be out there and be emancipated, bitch. What? No, you don't like emancipation now? What's up? As long as you were like mooching off this like poor kid who's just trying to get laid, everything and emancipation was fun, right? Fuck out of here. See, this is what Scorpio season does to me. It turns me into them. Zero fucking tolerance. See right through your shit. Um, anyway, so this, yeah, she grabbed my wrist um, and she started uh, 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 talking at me. And I listened to her for a second. No, no, this is how, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was like, wait, I'm missing something. So she came down there and she was like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay, like, what's up? She was like, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And I was like, facts, but I'm a senior and I don't feel like doing it. Like, (laughs) forget it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've gotten into the most prestigious college, like basically in the world. And my parents aren't going to let me go because it's not all girls. Uh, I don't give a shit about the senior project and I don't want to fucking do it. And I'm not going to fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, just like a, I was just a teenager and this bitch grabbed my wrist I was just like, yo, at this point, I'm 18, like 17, going on 18. I was like, nah, <laughs> like, no, don't do it. And instead, actually, I had gotten a little bit smarter by then. Uh, I didn't say anything to her. I let her do what she did. And then me and a Dominican girl that went to school there, she was also on scholarship with me. We went to the headmistress. And we told her what the woman had done. And the next day at our like whole school assembly, she apologized to me in front of the whole school. So like it was like it was like somehow I knew that I wasn't going to leave that school without owning every bitch in there who thought she was sitting on a fucking throne because I just don't like that shit, bro. Like, what do we need thrones for? What year is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what year is this? Because thrones, to me, apply, uh, uh, imply fiefdom and feudalism and serfdom and all these things that, like, I don't want to relate to. And as a woman of color, that's probably where I would be in the system if we were still with kings and queens and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this whole idea of, like, the people who like to sit on these artificial thrones, that shit really fucking bothers me. And every time I come across an energy like that, naturally, I just have this instinct to dethrone that. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that. But what it comes back around to is being able to see through people. Because a lot of times the throne is subtle. You know what I'm saying? But people will look down their noses at you because they're sitting on this invisible throne. They're way up above you because of whatever. Because of, you know, because with that teacher, it was just because she was a legend and she knew it. She was mad smart, mad scary, could rip you to shreds with her words, no fucking problem. And everybody knew it. No one was ever going to step to her. And to be perfectly honest, before I did it, nobody had. Nobody had. And I told her when she was walking away from me down there, she, I laughed. And she was like, why are you laughing? Because I was crying when she was talking to me because she was being really fucking mean. And she was doing it in front of everyone, right? She purposefully went down there to where just the students are, where just the girls were. And she did that shit right in front of all, to, to embarrass me. Because she also knew senior year, she's pulling this shit, I'm gonna put her in her fucking place, Right? 
when she was doing that, I was crying. And when she went to walk away, I laughed. And she turned back around furious. And she had a bunch of papers in her hand and she threw them at me. Man, I don't know why people don't read the laws of power. Like, (laughs) if all it takes is a giggle for me to make you lose your composure, you lost before you even got here. And now you just threw something at me and the whole school saw you? Bitch, you over. You done. You done. And so when she threw the papers at me, I laughed again. And she was like, why are you laughing? And I was like, because you're going to pay for this. You're going to pay for this. And she like, her, she kind of drew back. Her eyes got a little bit big and she turned around and walked away because she realized in that moment that she had let her ego get to her and her ego had played her because she had done that shit in front of the whole school. If I had just told the headmistress that she did that shit, she, even if she had done it, she would have been like, oh, no, nah, I don't believe you. She would have never done that. She's an incredibly professional woman. But, uh-uh. but yo, you played yourself. You came down here and made a fucking audience. You, you made a drama. Now you got all these witnesses looking at you. You grabbed a student by her wrist. You yelled at her and then you threw shit at her. And let's not bring into the mix that this is a woman of color and you were a white woman, right? Like all everything was against her. Everything made her look fucking horrible, which is why the next day she did what she's never did, had done in the 30 years that she'd worked at that school and never did again, which is in front of the whole school apologized to me. And of course, you know what I did? I laughed through the whole fucking apology. What are they going to do? Kick me out for laughing? I got three months left. Go fuck yourself. Right? So anyway, there's that. Now, why go through all that? Why why preface with all of this? Because I be seeing through people and the shit that people around me doing right now, yo, it's got me a little bit twisted. My Virgos, the ones that are uh, in a shaky position in terms of am I good enough Does he like me enough? Does she like me enough? Will I ever be enough? Can y'all please stop obsessing so fucking hard about your looks? Can you stop making everything about your looks? Because you overthink everything. So really, you are all mind. Why do y'all balance that with being so fucking superficial? Because this shit is getting under my skin. It's very hard for me to deal with when I got mad Virgo friends. And every time I see them, every time I see anything about them, it's this like obsession with their physical. It's obsession with how they look. I get it. It's wonderful to be beautiful. It's wonderful to be obsessed with beauty. All of it. I totally get it. But I also feel like... The level to which y'all take it sometimes is tacky. (laughs) It is. And you know what? As a Virgo moon, I'm including myself. I'm not exempt. I'm saying this just as much to myself. But that shit is mad tacky. Like, (laughs) I'm tired of it. I'm I'm tired of looking at people who probably have 10 million interesting, amazing things that they could be saying to me or telling me or telling the world or sharing with people. And instead... They spend 90% of their day either thinking about how they look, recording how they look, talking about how they look, posting about how they look, or just like obsessing within themselves and, and, and obsessing over people who obsess about how they look. Bruh, I'm tired. I'm fucking bored. You know what I'm saying? I'm fucking bored with this. Like you could be the most beautiful person with the most amazing body on the planet 
like for sure, for surezies, and this is me, you know how obsessed I am with looks. You could be perfect, the most amazing, the most intriguing mix, just all the things. And if that's all you're ever going to talk about and offer, I will be bored in a day. One day. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got to get it together. Libra season got y'all all the way fucking superficial. And that shit is mad irritating, bro. Like, stop it. Stop it. Uh, What else? Another thing that's been getting to me, we gonna do the Scorpio Venom. You think you think it's gonna take all Scorpio season to work up that Venom? I got that Venom delivery last night, bruh. I'm serious. And no, that is not a double entendre. That is not in some way like implying some other thing. Leave my Scorpio out of this. Um, that is not what I meant. Stop! And if y'all laughing, fuck you. Stop. Um... <clears throat> Mm-mm. People ask too many questions about him, too. They're like, I don't get it. Like, are you guys together? No. So, like, what is it? This is what I said. So, like, <laughs> and any Scorpio you tell, they're like, cool. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> the venom. Let's drink a little water. One second. I have also noticed a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, who think that they can do, uh, how do I put this? How, How do I delicately put this? And I'm not even trying to, you know, it's not my way to be delicate. I just don't think it's as easy to do things as we think they are and I think we live in a culture where you see someone who has an aptitude for something and so you think that if you can somehow mimic what they're doing you'll also be good at it and it's because I I, honestly I think it's because we live now in um, a society where the pace is so fast that having learned something having having taken a really long time to learn something doing that whole like ancient Indian like apprenticeship and then doing the thing and learning the thing and your whole life is about that thing for 40 years or whatever it is, like that doesn't hold any weight for us. We don't know what that is. That's not our culture. We don't have that system of expertise anymore. In the Hindu caste system in North India, the way culture has been set up since the audience got there is that you do what your dad does, right? You apprentice in whatever your dad is and then you take over for him and then you do that specific, uh, whatever that skill set is, whatever that trade is, whatever that education is, whatever, you know, if you're a musician or if you're an artist, if you're a scientist, whatever, it doesn't matter. You you train in the same thing and you do the same thing he does and then you do that for 40 years or until you're 40 and then like we've talked about in other uh, episodes, you go out into the woods and you are allowed to become shamana. Actually, you are required to leave everything behind and go into the woods and find yourself and enjoy or <laughs> survive <clears throat> your kundalini rising uh, and then come back as as a wise person who can be sexually active and a really important member of society and an important addition to the family as an elder a wise person someone who can offer great insight but that system and that system is definitely 
designed on knowledge of epigenetics, right? The audience were incredibly intelligent. And I mean, the Vedas show us this, right? Uh, Epigenetics is how, uh, so literally meaning on top of your genetics. So this is all, of course, going to tie into psycho-cybernetics. We've discovered through a small town in Sweden, there is a Nova episode about this, if you'd like to watch it. That uh, so this small Swedish town kept records of a few things, right? They and if you've heard this before, if I've mentioned this in another podcast, deal with it. It's going to take like two minutes to explain. <clears throat> so they kept detailed records of a few things: birth records, death records, harvest records, height records, which is an interesting thing, you know, to 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 throw in there, but became very important. Many, many, many years later, when scientists were able to basically come upon this veritable gold mine of data, uh, gold mine of data, and um, I like gold mined. That's nice. Um, and uh, crunched that data. And when they crunched it, what they came up with was that, yes, of course, we have genes. And genes do dictate to a large degree what we look like, what we do, what we suffer from, what ailments we are susceptible to, etc. How tall we are, ah, ah, ah. But that there was something on top of the genes that was somehow controlling their expression. And what we realized was that there were certain things that were going to lead to genes being expressed differently. A lot of it had to do with starvation, height being affected by starvation um they found out i think it is that um height deficiency was reflected two generations over so if a grandparent had suffered through a famine uh because for some reason the crop had failed etc right uh or uh, for some reason the crop had failed then their children would be quote unquote, normal sized, but their children's children would be incredibly small. Uh, So that was a huge, huge finding, right? Because up until then, we had been taught this very strict, hard line that your genes dictate who you are, period. And it turned out that that just wasn't the case at all. You know, so it's hugely revolutionary. Now, the crazy thing is most of you don't know that. Most of you have not still have not heard of epigenetics. Most of you are in essence still living in the world of 1980s false science, fake science, Um, because that's just not true. And there are a few people who've been sounding this alarm for a long time. Uh, One of my favorites being Dr. Bruce Lipton. So Bruce Lipton worked in, uh, Dr. Lipton was teaching at a med school while doing research on the side. And the research he was doing on the side was on the health of a cell, health and disease within cells, right? Single cells were being used for this. And what he found was that you could take a diseased cell and put it in a different environment by itself give that cell nutrients and a homeostatic environment to live in and it would get well. Now think about that for a second. I didn't say that he put medicine in that second environment. 
okay, in that Petri dish. I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that he was treating the disease cell at all. The only thing he was doing, it's, it's very simple. And I find that the most profound scientific experiments, the most profound mathematical equations, the most profound philosophical statements have one thing in common. They're sublimely simple. And it makes it, they're elegant. They're elegantly simple, right? Um, and so what he was doing was just, you know, really basic, just taking a diseased cell from a diseased, you know, organ, organism, whatever, and putting it in a disease-free environment with nutrients and no stress. And what he found was the cell would recuperate extremely quickly, extremely quickly, all on its own, okay? Now, on the surface, that may seem like not that big a deal, you know? And as you will listen, you will hear, if you listen to doctors, Dr. Lipton's um, audio book, I think the first one is that when he went to his uh, peers and said, hey, you know, I've done this really cool thing. Um, <laughs> I think I just changed things, you know. Hey, fellas, I think we're going to have to rethink genetics and how we're teaching uh, genetics to these med students to begin with. But then, you know, what we're spewing out there to the whole world. And his colleagues were just like, uh, yeah, cool. Nope. <laughs> and again, um, Elegantly simple things tend to go right over the heads of the garish and, you know, tacky. Um, So, which is why I get mad at Virgos. Can we go back to that for a second? Don't be salty. What I'm saying is you're too good for it. You're not tacky. So don't, so, so stop doing it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like, don't be out here doing the most think because you're obsessing so hard about the way you look you don't realize you're doing the most but you are doing the most and it's embarrassing and people out here laughing at you so stop it you're not tacky so don't be tacky um but the thing is the the garish and the pedestrian the the simple elegant solutions will always go right over their heads so they didn't even understand the profundity of what he had just said to them now you think about it with your own mind in 2018 If a cell is put in a healthy environment and it heals itself, what does that mean? And you will quickly come to the same conclusion that Dr. Lipton came to, which is that your environment controls your health. You, if you are in a toxic environment, will get sick. You put yourself out of that toxic environment, you will get well on a cellular level. And then he was able to take the next step in what is, quote unquote, our Petri dish? What is our environment? Is it the people we surround ourselves with? Partly, is it the food we eat? Absolutely, food plays a huge part in gene expression. More than anything, though, it's how we think. Our toxic or healthy Petri dish is this internal running dialogue that most of us have. That is what is determining on a cellular level your health and well-being or your sickness, right? So it's hard to talk about this because you bump right up, up against that line where 
someone who is sick with something is listening to this and saying, so you're saying that I'm sick because I'm in a toxic environment. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, you could very well have whatever genetic gene, you know, gene expression you have now because your grandparent was exposed to something that made your genes expressed that way. So those kids who were born two generations later and they were super, super small in Sweden, they didn't do anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't look at it that way. That is not what I'm saying. It's very easy to um, slip into that new age bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that's not me. I'm never going to say some shit like that because that's just not the case, right? Let's stick to the facts. And the facts are your gene expression is affected by several things. So out of the things that we can control, now we can't go back and make sure that our grandparents have enough to eat. Although there are certain schools of thought that work with NLP and time travel, which will tell you different. But we're not talking about that right now because we're not trying to do a 10-hour podcast. Okay. You can't, you can't go back and feed your grandparents more, allegedly. But you can work with your internal environment to make sure that your gene expression now, which is, you know, you're still expressing those genes. You're still being made and remade every month, every three weeks, every year, every seven years. You know what I'm saying? Like you are controlling the environment in which those skin cells, those bone cells, those muscle cells are being uh, regenerated. Every time they're regenerated, you're getting a chance to choose the Petri dish in which they will form and live and how healthy or diseased they will be. So within the confines of what we have to you know, work with, we do have a lot of choice and we can affect great change within ourselves. So now having said that, um, it's a good segue into psychocybernetics, but let me take it back around to ancient Indian culture and what I was saying about what people are doing out here. Because it's Scorpio season. We're going to be a little bit salty. We're going to be a little bit mean. We're going we gonna to throw some venom because people be deserving it. I know the Virgos are already like, damn, you came from my neck. I was just sitting here listening to you, supporting you. Well, part of supporting me is me supporting you. And me supporting you means I'm going to tell you the fucking truth. Sorry. Um, so, the... Audian culture of North India understood this. They already knew this. And so what happens epigenetically with a system of apprenticeship is that your, for example, great grandfather's genes are primed for a certain type of gene expression. Let's say, let's take my father's family, right? Because they're such a good example of North Indian uh, clan-based culture. Uh, so the microcosm is like perfect to look at. So they're Rajput, right? So Rajput are in the caste system. Uh, the way the caste system works in India is that Brahma, the god Brahma, was cut into pieces. And Brahma's head became the Brahmin, the priest class. And Brahma's arms and chest became the Rajput, the kings and uh, defenders of the kingdom. So the kings and the, the army. And then uh, the, 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 the rulers of the land, right? So it's the priests and then the kings and then the merchants and then, and, and then the workers, the legs, and then the untouchables, the feet, right? So within this system, you do what your father did, right? 
So let's take my father's family as an example. So let's go back eight generations. Now, eight generations back, and to be perfectly honest, way, way further back than that, uh, these men are primed to be warriors, right? They're primed to be able to fight on horseback. Their uh, physical combat is like a normal everyday thing. Killing people is a normal thing. Uh, Defending women and children is in, like, it's just like what you do, it's your job basically, right? To rule over the land is your job. To make sure the land is worked properly and to rule over the rest of the body, quote unquote, is your job. When you are primed epigenetically for that, over time, your gene expression will match what environment you're putting yourself in. So you will see that Rajputs are known for being very tall. They're known for having very long limbs, very long fingers. Um, They have incredibly strong bones. They're dark skinned and their skin is very strong. Um, Very strong teeth. Uh, Very good fighters. Quiet. Stubborn. Uh, Don't hit women. Don't hit children. So you see, so because, so they've been, their bodies have matched these different things that they've upheld or held themselves up to for so long. And epigenetically, the genes are being expressed the same way over and over again. Oh, we ride horses and we, we war and we rule. Okay. So then if you rule and you're the army, which means the army is what defends. So they get the best land, the best food, the best everything. So in a few generations, of course, you will get super, super, super tall, right? Because like the Dutch, the Dutch are giant because they've had consistent food. They've had consistent food supply over enough generations that they've become extremely tall. That's all it is, right? So if you have all the land and you win all the land for the country and you you rule all the land, you have enough to eat. And so what happens is you produce a few things. You produce very tall people. You produce mainly men, right? We know that if you have higher calorie intake as a pregnant woman in the first three or four weeks, it's more likely that you will have a boy as opposed to a girl. In Russia, this is commonly known. In Russia, if women want to have a girl, they starve the first couple of months of their pregnancy because the body decides based on ready food supply what kind of child it wants to have. Oh my God, what are you talking about? You can't pick the sex of your child. You can't determine that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You know, female cuttlefish can decide after sleeping with more than six to 10 males or having sex with while sleeping with Jesus. Um, They can decide which sperm from which male they're going to choose to be uh, inseminated by. Yeah, their body has the ability to choose. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, what was I saying? Uh, Yeah, so they starve. They starve the first few weeks of their pregnancy and uh, you will have a girl if you do that because the body depend, uh, relies on accessibility to food supply because it takes less food to make a girl than it does a boy. Mm. Lots of food, lots of boys. That's why rich men always have more sons than daughters. Anyway, so <clears throat> you see it all ties together. Nothing is by fucking coincidence. This is a 
perfectly designed mechanism. When I mean perfect, I mean it's perfect like the fucking pyramids. You know how we look at the pyramids and we're like, how did they do it? Yo, this entire thing is like the pyramids. It's perfectly designed. There is not like a millimeter of space between the cogs, bro. It works seamlessly, right? So if you do that, and if that's your gene expression over generation, 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 lots to eat, lots to fight about, lots to eat, lots to fight about, lots to defend, lots to defend, very broad-shouldered, right? Shoulders that come up off the body, very tall, very muscular, ability to put on muscle so easily, and get cut so easily that it's like laughable, right? Why? Because the body is being put in an environment over and over again, and it's already primed from your great-grandfather to your grandfather to your father to... The the genes are like, oh, we're doing the same thing again? Bet. Let's do it. We know how to do this. We know how to do this so well that it's like crazy. Like, I came out of the womb knowing how to do this. You know what I'm saying? So it goes the same way with like if you're a jeweler or if you're a, you know, whatever you are, you're a farmer, whatever you are, whatever you are, your genes are being primed over and over and over again to do that thing. So the level of mastery you were able to reach when you were, you know, genetically primed for something is insane. You get really, really good at stuff, right? Now, why do I mention all of that? Well, first, because it ties into what we're about to talk about with the psychocybernetics. But secondly... It's because understanding how that works and understanding the gravity of what happens to you, your gene expression, and thus your brain and the way, you know, the way you comprehend things, what happens when you have a sustained intellectual pursuit in something is that you gain a level of skill, right? The thing that's irritating me right now and it's like really, really bothering me, is that there are things that are based on intense amount of study and acquired skill that are now being seen as like a trend. And that's scary to me. You know what I mean? Like imagine like if people started uh, pretending to be doctors because it was trendy Like, imagine if people started, like, wearing... This is how I feel lately, okay? I feel like... Imagine if we lived in a world where people just, like, thought if you went and bought some scrubs off of, like, those nursing magazines. Like, my mom used to get these magazines when I was little full of, like, scrubs that you could buy. You know what I'm saying? Like, all types of shit. Like, people go apeshit over those hypodermic needle pens. That shit has been in the nurse catalogs for, like, 25 years, brah. Y'all mad late. They didn't just have the red one. They had the blue and the green and the all types of shit. Um... But like, it's like now when I look around and I see people talking like with authority about shit like astrology, it really bugs me out because the way I feel is like someone went and bought one of those scrubs, those pair of scrubs and is walking around like pretending to be a surgeon and like, like giving like advice about surgery or like, hold on, let me see that scalpel for a second. Let me do this surgery. Like, bruh, what are you talking about? Like you do what? Why are you talking about this? (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Let me, hold on. Like, wait, are you a doctor? No. Did you go to school for this? No. Did you learn this from anyone? No. Is this like in your blood or like, is your family, are your like family into this? Is this like your, like, you know what I mean? Like if, 
you've been raised like i know people of course because i'm south asian i know people that like they got 10 brothers and sisters and like 20 cousins and like 50 uncles or some shit and everyone's a fucking doctor right so if you in that family and like their their father's fathers were doctors and their father's father's fathers were doctors and right so if you're from one of those families right and you're like that one kid who bucked the system and was like ah fuck it i'm not gonna be a doctor and you say some shit to me like oh i think this is related to this i might even listen to you i might be like oh yeah yeah, like, isn't it like you got like six sisters and they're all doctors, right? Like, okay, you've been around this shit. You probably picked some of this shit up. I got you. I got, okay, okay, okay. Maybe I could see. But if you just like scratch your ass, woke up that morning and we're like, okay, today I'm going to talk about astrology and I'm going to talk with mad authority about like how we should be dealing with this or that. Okay. <sighs> And you know why it's easy? You know why it's easy to do it? It's easy because it's such an accessible, relatable thing. And it's not that I think that people shouldn't talk about astrology. That's not it at all. But don't talk about it with this like fucking authority. Like, you know what the fuck you're saying based on like a few like taglines. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever I come across an account or a person or like someone on like, it doesn't even have to be YouTube because honestly, I don't like. I don't watch like astrology shit on YouTube like that. But the the reason I started my channel was because the astrology shit on YouTube is such fucking trash that I got tired of like yelling at my screen and being like, what the fuck are you saying, bitch? That's not what that fucking means, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's why I had to stop watching it because like I get road rage. I'm serious. I get fucking road rage watching people talk shit about astrology. Like every time I hear someone say some shit about Scorpios, that's like some like real generic like i read that off the back of a cereal box or some shit i get so fucking mad i get so fucking mad because i'm like yo you're taking these intensely complex people who have this intensely complex energy that's tied to like the depths of the depths of the fucking earth and you're turning them into like a 30 second blurb about what they're like what they are and what this yo um yeah that's just you know what it is it's i I just i'm just angry that this like cotton candy just completely without substance shit has leaked into a profession that has been for thousands and thousands of years intensely respected and used by like kings on down right the brahmin are the ones that make the natal charts right they're the ones that make your janampatri they're the ones that read your natal chart when you're born and tell you what's going to happen and what should his name be and what who should he marry and ah, ah, ah. like you're taking something that has been revered throughout time as like a, a sacred art right a sacred science to be to be more accurate and you don't know shit like you really, you know less than nothing actually is the problem. And you out here talking with mad authority about what it means and what people should do. Now, I should get just as mad at anyone who would listen to that because anyone who would listen to that is a fucking idiot, right? Like if you, I, I feel like if you take advice from people who are idiotic and you end up in a bad situation, I don't feel bad for you because you an idiot, No, I'm serious. You're a fucking idiot. Like, why is Charlotte taking advice from Wyatt Langmore? What the fuck?
fuck has Wyatt Langmore got to teach fucking Charlotte? I'm serious. If you're not watching Ozarks, you're going to have to start because you're not going to get my fucking references. And I'm on my fourth go round of watching both season one and season two. Get some, skinny bitch. Um, I don't know. I've just, I've had this thing for Jason Bateman since he was like a kid. I think I mentioned this last time. He's just so cute. I'm really in love with his cartilage. His nose cartilage. <laughs> I think his nose cartilage is really attractive. There's just something very attractive about his face. And like that deadpan stare that he gives everyone who's being a fucking asshole. I feel like he looks the way I feel inside, if that makes sense. He's my soulmate. <laughs> no, not Jason Bateman. Marty Bird, though. I would take Marty. Um, but my favorite character on that show is definitely Jonah. I know you thought I was going to say Ruth, right? I love Ruth, but I can't like Ruth is not a character to me. Ruth is like Ruth is like what I feel like inside. (laughs) Ruth's not a character. I love Ruth. I think I actually watched that show because of Ruth. I think she's the most powerful character in the series. Um, And I feel uh, like the whole series actually hinges on her, like it centers around her. Um, and Wendy's running a close second. Wendy's the shit. Like in those last episodes of season two, where you like, where she like the lawyer nods at her. Helen is the shit too. The female lawyer. Yo, the triumvirate of Helen, Wendy and Ruth is about to be fucking lit for season three. Holy fuck. Yo, if you have not filmed season three yet, Bateman, get on that shit. We are fucking waiting, bro. Um, so yeah, (laughs) so it really gets to me a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. But at the same time, I don't feel sorry for anyone who gets caught up in the bullshit and listens to some fucking idiot who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. And see, this is the cool thing. This is the cool thing about astrology. Without knowing, you know, who's full of shit. Without even knowing anything, with with just being a passive observer who's like honest about it, like, hey man, I don't know shit. I just know that y'all Geminis be like this and y'all Virgos be like this and I be staying away from the fucking Leos and that's what I fucking know. So don't fucking come at me, bitch. I'm not coming at you. I think you're right. That's how that's how astrology is. Now, if you all of a sudden start acting like some kind of fucking authority about it and being like, well, this is what this means and now you should be doing it. You... Everyone knows those people that are full of shit. So I shouldn't even get mad about it. But it's Scorpio season and shit makes me mad on principle in Scorpio season. That's the fucking problem with Scorpio season. It's on principle. It's not what you did. It's why you did it. It's what it implied when you did it. Can you can you tell that I've had this argument with Scorpios? It's what it's indicative of. I my God. All I said was that we should pick up my friend. But that means you didn't want to be alone with me. Oh my God, no, it means that I wanted to go to the club with me, you and my friend, but that means you didn't want to go just with me. You were meeting people there. I wasn't going to hang out with them. And I'm supposed to know this because I'm supposed to read your mind. Yeah. Okay, facts. That's true though. Why are you not paying attention? If you were paying attention, you would have read my mind. Facts. 
<laughs> How are you going to argue with something that crazy? That's the craziest fucking logic ever, but it's totally facts. Like, yeah, you're right. Nah, if I was tuned in, I would have totally known that you were going to fucking like, like just totally ghost your boy, dip on your boys. And we would have ended up like in a corner somewhere. Yeah. Now we got to pick up your fucking friend. And that bitch is late. <laughs> I... Okay, so this was the first part of the podcast. This is me bitching. So for those who are like, the readings start at 1753. For those people, the fucking psycho-cybernetic starts now. This past hour, y'all didn't need to listen to it. And you could skip right through it because it's not for you anyway. Shout out everybody who this is for, though, because we lit. (laughs) I'll be back in a second with the professional stuff.